Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Three seconds, Burakovsky has it. Gerard, one-timer! Oh, they net get it in time as Ranta comes in and makes 16 saves in 16 minutes and 20 seconds. And the Coyotes win on this night. I don't know what to do, man. I, I'm, I'm being honest about this here. I have no idea. You know, as the Avs drop that game three to two, they're down two to nothing. They get it back to tie. That's just, is that the standard now? Can we just, let's do this. Let's not play the first period and let's just start the second period down two to nothing. Or, Marty, we could skip all of that and just start the third period tied two to two and then just see who comes out on top. Because that's really the story arc for the Avs over the last few games. Um, but, I mean, you agree or disagree with this? To me, the Avs right now, like, I wouldn't be too upset with how you played yesterday. I thought how you played, I thought you, you know, Landis Gog said it after the game, like he thought that they were better. The Avs were the better team last night. The result doesn't show it. But the issue that you have is, you allowed three goals on 14 shots. Like, you held Arizona to 14 shots in the game and somehow lost. That's where it hurts. You know, on the flip side, Arizona, you know, Darcy Kemper let in two goals on 19 shots. He gets hurt immediately into the third period, so they bring in Ranta. And Ranta gets peppered with 16 shots, and you couldn't find a way for one of them to go in. In the Avs right now, I mean, look, I, I'm on this tightrope right now, Marty. I'm the dude, uh, you ever seen that documentary, Man on a Wire? The guy who walked on the wire in between the World Trade Centers back in the day? I feel like I'm that guy right now because I'm really the just pole the big, balance. yes, the big balancing pole. He's walking between the buildings. I don't want to be making excuses but I also want to acknowledge what the Avs are up against right now. Did you see the list from yesterday? What the Avs didn't have last night. Let me read it to you. Nathan McKinnon, JT Comfer, Kale McCarr, Bo Byram, Eric Johnson, Connor Timmins, Dennis Gilbert, Pavel Franzos. It's a pretty good team. I mean, it's, that's a huge chunk of your starting lineup. Not to mention missing your MVP. So I don't want to sit here and I'm not going to crush the Avs today because you have to acknowledge that at the same time. You can't allow three goals and 14 shots. And I know a lot of them were re weird, right? Tipped pucks going into Grubauer. You know, um, Bednar was asked after the game, were the goals a team problem or a Grubauer problem? We don't, we don't got to play it. It's just he said, it doesn't matter. We got to tighten up. And that's the truth. It doesn't matter if those are on Grubauer or if those are on, you know, what the 
defensively what you were doing. It just feels like it's really, really difficult, no matter what your effort is, no matter what anything else is. It's really difficult for these guys to find a way to win right now. And I think having your MVP out of the starting lineup makes a massive difference. Like, if I were to tell you this, Marty, if I were to tell you that the uh, Nuggets were without Nikola Jokic and they were struggling to win games, wouldn't you be like, well, yeah, duh, duh. And if it's any consolation here, let's go ahead and play cut four from Jared Bednar talking about if any of the injured players will be returning soon. Well, we're going to get Nate back. That's the only guy that I'm convinced we're getting back anytime soon. So that's a big piece. I mean, we know what he can bring. He can change the game on his own. So Nate's the only guy? Do you think he said Nate's the only guy I'm concerned with but then caught himself and was like, that I know might be coming back? No, no. I think that Nate... I mean, look, by every indication that we've gotten, even when the hit was taken from him a few nights ago. The good thing, which, again, go back and watch the play. Marty, he wasn't knocked out. He took a good shot to the head. No, I'm talking like Nate's the only one he cares about coming back. Oh, Oh, I see. Um, No, that's not true. He would love to have McCarr back. Bo Byram's played well, but, I mean, McCarr and McKinnon, you could, like, Marty, I know that Miko is really good, and Landeskog is your captain, but you could argue that McKinnon and McCarr are your two most important players on this team because you got one that's an MVP candidate and one won the damn Rookie of the Year last year, and he's one of the best defensemen in the league already in his career. So it's just a matter of if McKinnon comes back, can that help so many things like you're playing Miko right now at center because what are you going to do? JT Comfer's out last night. You did get Calvert back, which was good. <laughs> Texter says Bednar could have a dead player in the locker room and he'd say he's day to day to return. I don't think that's true. Look, Bednar, we saw, we saw him twitching earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know what to do. There's a, there's part of me that feels like I need to be fair in saying that, you know, this team is without so much right now, including your MVP, arguably best player in the world, but also you've lost three of your last four. And this is kind of what Mosier broke down earlier in the year. Remember, no preseason, you start the year three and three, then you win four or five, then you have the COVID break, you come back, you win three of three, uh, Sorry, not three of three. You go three and three. You win a couple of games again, and then everybody gets hurt, and now you're back on this sort of like, all right, let's just trade. Couple of points every other night. You know, again, you look at the standings. Where are you? Still just five points back in first place. You think when guys start to get healthy, some things will change, but they need to get they can't give away games to teams that are worse than you are. And I know that Arizona is kind of on par, but I go back to that duck series and yes, you took three out of four points. You'd like to get all four against a team like that. The games against the sharks. You don't want to lose any points to them. And that happens. So it's just they're treading water. And for right now, that's okay, but it can't continue to be this way. Uh, big news in the NFL yesterday, as I was doing the afternoon show with Andy, Hit about 5 o'clock, 
And the Cowboys finally made a deal with Dak Prescott. Four years. That's it. Thought the four years was a little bit short, but four years, $160 million, $40 million per year, and 126 of that is guaranteed. I've heard some people say, Marty, it's the most guaranteed money in NFL history. Some people are, I, I don't know what what's the deal with the Mahomes contract. Like, I know there's more guaranteed there, but I think they're tied to roster bonuses and stuff, so they can't say it's, like, immediately guaranteed. Did I see he's due $75 million So his signing bonus, yeah, his signing bonus on top of his salary this year, he's going to make $75 million. Huh? Which is why when you see that picture of him hugging his brother, that's why. He, he just made a deal. When he puts pen to paper, he gets 75 million bucks. Yeah, I sat there for a second. I was like, I grabbed, I grabbed my sternum and I was like, oh my God, 75 million. But you know what? He's earned it. Say what you want about Dak. Is he worth $40 million a year? Fine. You want to argue those points? Go ahead. Here's the situation, though, Marty. He came into this league as a fourth-round draft pick, and he was making 450k. I, I, I consider that back pay for what he gave you. All of those years, you were paying him zero money. The question here: Can he play? What's up with that ankle? He, they, from every indication, he's on track to come back. Like everything's right? fine. So yeah, everything I'll, seems to be okay. I'll tell you what, that didn't look very good. Well, it's something I thought about, Marty. Think about it this way. Is there any other position outside of quarterback where you have an injury like that and you get this type of deal without knowing that that guy's coming back 100% healthy? Like, you can hear doctors tell you, yep, everything's on track, everything looks good, all you want to, but I'll tell you what, if that's if that's Von Miller, he ain't getting four years, 160 million bucks. I know he's not getting 40 million a year, but you know what I'm saying. Like, let's just take it as pass rusher money, uh, $20 million a year. He isn't getting that after that injury in a contract year. Only thing close, what did Durant get with the Nets after popping his Achilles? I mean, yeah, uh, I think. But you got to be that leveled good. But the superstar NBA player is your quarterback, right? That's that's the equivalent of it. And there's a lot to get into with this contract. But first and foremost, this was a no-brainer, and it has been forever for Dallas. I can't believe they drug their feet this long. And they're idiots for waiting this long. So you know what's funny? This is this can apply to Justin Simmons too. Marty, they don't give Justin Simmons this giant long-term contract, as the Cowboys didn't with Dak Prescott. The price only goes up, okay? Say what you want about the cap situation. There's a lot of rumors being that the reason why Dak got this contract, Marty, is because Jerry Jones knows a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hint, hint, that the TV contract that's coming up for the NFL is going to be so massive it's not going to matter. The cap's going to jump immediately back up to what it was. As this applies to a guy like Justin Simmons for the Broncos, if you want to sign him long-term, Marty, the price doesn't go down. I don't know, man. $14.5 million, I think, is too much. Let's wait a year. So it gets to $15, $15.5 million? The price doesn't shrink for any position out there, with the exception of maybe running back. 
Running back, it does. Because you can say, oh, you're uh, 27. Let me put you on the franchise tag. Now you're 28. That could be an argument. But all you're doing now is you're waiting for the next guy to get paid, which is going to up the ante and up the price. If they did this deal two years ago before the Deshaun Watson deal went down, Marty, they don't pay him 40 million bucks a year. It's probably 37, 37 and a half, 38. It's, it's beneath 40. There's no point in waiting. If you want to sign somebody long-term, especially at that position, what the hell are you waiting for? So say this injury that Dak Prescott got happened to Justin Simmons. What's his market like next year? Oh, the, it's it's not nearly like, the same. Come here. It's okay, buddy. We we always knew you were the one. Nope, the tag would make total sense there. You you give it a year and you say, let's see if you can play this thing out. Hell, the franchise tag for Garrett Bowles would have made sense this season if you said, hey, man, you got one year of good play. I want to make sure you can do it again. That makes total sense. But quarterbacks, you just you, you can't do it. If you're worried about how much money he's going to be making per season, Sign him. If you know he's going to eventually get a long-term deal, waiting does you no favors. And there's a lot to get into with this contract, along with the Avs. If you guys want in, 303-504-0925. That is the Quality First Service Group listener line. Go ahead and give us a call, 303-504-0925. We're back in three minutes. So, uh, do we know yet? Is the franchise tag deadline today? Is that uh, uh, working under that assumption? I know that there could have been some sort of extension to this, but from the way that people are doing business, Trent Brown was traded from the Raiders to the Patriots this morning. The uh, very good offensive tackle. The Giants have franchise tagged Leonard Williams. Uh, So, it looks like this news is going to be breaking all day long as the Broncos already got Justin Simmons locked into that franchise tag with the hopes of getting a long-term deal done. Dak Prescott signing a long-term deal and avoiding the franchise tag yesterday. You know, it's funny. I um, I saw this tweet, and it's funny how people make this sound as if this is amazing. This is from Schefter. Stephen Jones, an agent for Dak Prescott, Todd France, ramped up talks yesterday so much that they produced a record deal in basically one day. And I've always been blown away by these negotiations. They didn't do this over one day. This took two years. What are you talking about? And how do negotiations work? I would love to have an agent just talk me through why it takes so long. The agent will tell you it's very complicated. It's very difficult. But that's why I'm necessary. Okay. In, in radio, Marty, I go through contract negotiations. They don't take two years. We sit down and they say, okay, what do you want? Okay. Here's what I want. And then you go from there and it takes maybe a day. Cause you're just like, Oh, I got to run this up the chain. Something like that. Like that's what is taking so long? Is it just leverage? Is that what you're waiting for? Maybe he wants the uh, nice hotels when he goes on the road, like, like Fernando Tatis. What is the leverage that, if you're the Cowboys, is there any better leverage? And I mean, this is very crass to say it this way, but is there better leverage than your ankle was on backwards? 
That's why I don't want to give you big money. But obviously that didn't matter in negotiations. So what exactly was the weight? So that part of it, I don't understand. But again, when you look at the money that was doled out to Dak Prescott, and I want to make this clear because I don't think people quite understand this especially at that position, and really towards all positions. Marty, if I just, you know what, let's just go ahead and do it. I'm going to go to Spot Track, and I'm going to look at every position right now in the highest pl- paid player at that position. I guarantee you this. That those guys that are being the highest paid guys are very rarely the dudes that are the best player at that position. Like when you go through quarterbacks, for example, Mahomes, that one lines up. He's highest paid and he's the best player at his position. But as you continue to kind of look through this, I tell you, let's go to wide receiver. Amari Cooper's the highest paid guy at that position. He is not the best wide receiver in the league. I got DeAndre Hopkins here making $27 million. So is this average annual? Okay, average annual value. Well, DeAndre Hopkins, is he the best in the league? He's one of. I mean, that's what you're going to find. You're going to find one of the best. But you go through and let's take a look at uh, defensive end. How about that? Defensive end, average annual value for the highest paid defensive end in the league is Joey Bosa. Is Joey Bosa the high or the best pass rusher in the league? Like, wouldn't you think Miles Garrett would have something to say about that? Hell, Shaq Barrett could have something to say about that. The point is, the dude who gets paid the most is very rarely the guy who's the best at the position. He's just one of the best who happens to have gotten paid the latest. And the same thing applies to Dak Prescott. Every time when you look at these contracts, Marty, I remember a day when the Lions signed Matthew Stafford to the highest contract in NFL history and teams and people were, were like, this is nuts. Stafford is not the best quarterback in the NFL. Stafford ain't even in the top 15 of money being made this year from quarterbacks. That's how it works. You pay them immediately on the front, but then this guy gets paid and this one and this one and this one and this one, and it goes and it falls down the line. You want to know the highest paid quarterbacks in the league this season? Here's your top 10 list of quarterbacks in the league being paid the most. Patrick Mahomes is first, $45 million per Dak Prescott second at 40. Deshaun Watson third at 39. Russell Wilson fourth at 35. And this is where it starts to get fun. At number five, it's a tie. Aaron Rodgers at 33 and a half. And Jared Goff at 33 and a half. <laughs> at six, or I guess seven, Kirk Cousins at 33. At eight, Carson Wentz at 32. At 9, Matt Ryan at 30, and at 10 is Ryan Tannehill at 29 and a half. So talent and money line up for the first four, and then it falls apart after that. It also coincides with the guys who got paid the latest, correct? Deshaun Watson just got paid. Dak Prescott just got paid. Patrick Mahomes just got paid. This is how it works. 
in my advice to any NFL team who thinks they have a player that's part of their long-term plans, do not quibble over a million dollars a year when you're in contract negotiations. If you feel like he's good enough, just do it. The price will not shrink unless that guy overnight, Marty, is terrible at football. But if you feel like he's not going to be a guy that can get terrible at football overnight, don't wait. Just sign him. Isn't that funny, though? Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz. Five, or I guess sixth, seventh, and eighth highest paid quarterbacks in the league and all of their teams either wanted them out and found a way to get rid of them, or in the case of a guy like Kirk Cousins, you're still kind of seeking for something better, an upgrade at that position. Then you could see the flip happening down at 22-20. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfields, Tua, like they're all, those guys are all going to get paid. And they're on rookie deals, and once they get paid, I'll tell you this, is Baker Mayfield, Marty, do you think he's better than Patrick Mahomes? Do you think Mayfield is better than Deshaun Watson or, or Russell Wilson? No, but what's he going to get? He's going to get $40 million because why wouldn't he? What kind of agent would you have if your contract is up at that position and he doesn't get you $40 million when they're paying you a long-term contract? So really, Dak is the barometer because nobody can compare themselves to Mahomes. Right. Mahomes is in a class on his own. And for you to get that contract, you got to be, you know, first of all, nobody's getting a, what was the, was a 10-year deal? Was that Mahomes' deal? Yeah, $2 billion even, I believe. 10 years for Patrick Mahomes, nobody's getting that. But you get a four- or five-year deal, you're looking directly at Dak Prescott and saying, is this dude a bona fide top-five quarterback in the league? You could argue that he is, but it's not for certain. In Mayfield, I don't think anybody would confuse him for a top five quarterback in the league, right? He's okay, but he's not top five. But do you want to keep him around? That's the price. So the ceiling is Dak Prescott and the floor is Jared Goff. you got to get more than $33 million a year because you know Baker Mayfield's better than Jared Goff. If I'm Baker Mayfield or who else do you mention, Kyler Murray, and you don't at least get me $33 million a year, let's say you do get me $33 million. I'm firing you on the spot. You kidding me? Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. That's it? It's just the going rate. And the salary cap changes do not apply to guys at that position. There is no, well, the cap's going down. Okay. What do you want to do? Want Here's to my elsewhere? money. See ya. It's, it's why I love that clip that we played from Jane Slater last week. Remember what she said? Dax agent basically is saying this. Your money problems with the cap are not my issue. That's not my fault. You spent money poorly or you didn't have enough stowed away or you don't want to get rid of somebody to pay my guy what the market value is worth. Why is that my problem? That's your problem. Because I know somebody's going to pay me this money. 
So you choose. Is it you or is it somebody else? Up to you. 303-504-0925. If you guys... interesting yesterday as again um disappointing game for the abs I, I really don't know what to do right now with the amount of injuries that they have <laughs> that they're attached to i mean we played the clip earlier bednar said the only guy he expects back quote anytime soon is nathan mckinnon which look if you had to pick one guy to come back soon, that would be the one, but that's still not good news for missing guys like McCarr or Bo Byram or anybody else that's out right now. You know, the Nuggets don't play again until Fridays. They're off for the All-Star break. Um, but did you see this rumor yesterday that the Nuggets seem to be inquiring about Terrence Ross from Orlando? And that's not going to be a name that blows you away. It's not a Bradley Beal. But... Here's what's really interesting. If this is true, and again, these are rumors, right? But Marty, if they are in on trying to acquire a Terrence Ross, that guy plays the two or the three, mostly the two. He can shoot. He's averaging the most points he's ever averaged in his career. He's 30 years old. He's getting over 15 points a game right now in Orlando. He can shoot the three all right. He's a career mid-30s percentage shooter. And here's the interesting part. Defensively, this was an article that came out on NBA.com just on February 18th. This is, you know, three weeks ago. Here's the headline. Not only a very good shooter, Terrence Ross is a very good defender too. So he'd give you some defense if they were to acquire him. But the question is, Marty, who's going to play? Like, if you get Terrence Ross and everybody gets healthy, your guards right now are... Monte, Jamal, Will Barton, Gary Harris, Faku Campazo. I mean, maybe you just put RJ Hampton on the bench now. Maybe that's, but PJ Dozier. Well, you got to trade for this guy, right? Somebody's going. That's the thing. Like, are you trading Gary then? Is that, is that what's going on? If this were to come to fruition? Like, I, that's the part I don't understand. But it's interesting. He would give you some more wing defender presence. Um, he could knock down some shots. It's not that I'm against it. I'm just confused on what it would take to get him here. You know, talking to Andy yesterday on the uh, afternoon show, Linda also found another rumor about a trade for Buddy Heald that I guess teams were working for. And to get Buddy Heald, it would take Gary Harris, Bull Bull, and RJ Hampton was a proposal. Again, Buddy Heald gives you one thing. I don't think defense, or I'm sorry, I don't think offense is a problem, and that's kind of all he has. He's not a good defender. But, Marty, if you got Jokic being doubled down low and he kicks it out to three for Buddy Heald, you're pretty certain that ball's going in. I mean, he shoots like 40%. Sharpshooter. Remember the last time they played the Kings? He, uh, had, a bit, he had a bad game. Yeah, what but was yeah, he, like 0 general, for 10? He was like 1 for 11. Uh, but, yes, in general, he's pretty damn good. So, I don't know. This is where... The trade deadline's coming up in the NBA. Are the Nuggets looking to make a move? I think they are. I'm with Vic here. I've changed my mind. I was thinking like maybe going for a guard would be something that would help. But you know what? If they got a just a rim-protecting backup center, I think that would fill an immediate need a lot quicker than any of these other rumors being tossed out. 
But I think that they look at this, man. Um, they look at the Lakers. It, it seems as if they're going to get Andre Drummond in this contract buyout thing. They're seeing teams around them get better. I think they kind of understand that status quo for this team is going to be good enough to get you in the playoffs. Hell, you might win a series or two. And let's say you make it back to the Western Conference Finals. But if you play the Lakers again, is this team good enough to overcome that from, you know, basically the same situation you were in last year? Probably not. I'm in on Terrence Ross for two reasons. One, he's under contract till 2023. And it's a reasonable contract yeah. too, right? Yeah, it's uh, $11 million a year. And two, his nickname on basketball reference is the Human Torch. Oh, love it. I like that. Yep. I'm in. You know what? You convinced me. I'm in on Terrence Ross now, too. The Human Torch is a little bit wordy. Wasn't that something from Anchorman? The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Didn't he say that when he was getting ready for his broadcast? I get that right, don't I? Yeah, look that up. I'm almost certain that he said the Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Which would be an amazing thing to say if he ever tries to bank in a mid-range jumper and he misses. The human torch was denied a bank loan. Okay, so Marty's listening. The human torch was denied a bank loan. Yes, I nailed it. Wow, that is a uh, D-list reference there. Well done. D-list? No, I mean like it was good. It's just way deep in the movie. Oh, it was, it was deep in the recesses, yes, my of my mind. God. Well, I was very much, we had a, um, when I was in college. Just watch that movie every day? We watched it a lot. Oh, yeah, like we went one year as uh, me and my roommates, we went as the channel, is it channel four news team? You remember that line, but you can't remember the. <laughs> The channel they worked for? We just, we we spit out Anchorman lines. So it's one of the most quotable movies you're going to find, okay? If you're out, if you say right now, um, that along with, what's another one? Like 40-Year-Old Virgin was really good for that. If you didn't yell, oh, Kelly Clarkson, at some point in your life, then you're missing out. But Anchorman, as far as quotable movies, it's one of the most quotable movies that, that we have. Because of the nonsense. Milk was a bad choice. Everybody said that before. And I get it. Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Not exactly like the standard comedy. All the time. That. I don't know what to tell you. I have no memory, Marty, at all. But movie quotes, they stick. And I don't know why. It's something weird about me. My wife, I drive her nuts because I remember nothing. She'll tell me we have something really important coming up on Thursday. Thursday comes, and she goes, all right, let's go. And I'm like, where are we going? What are we doing? And you're just sitting in the corner. The human torch was denied <laughs> yes. a bank loan. Yes. The human torch. It drives her insane. 303-504-0925. Somebody said, it's from the Fantastic Four, you child. Is that the human torch? Is that what he's talking about? First of all, you can't call me a child and then quote some comic book thing. That is more childish. Yeah, it appears this is a man on fire. It is a fictional superhero from the Marvel comics. You oh, child. Yeah. Well, that, it was on the Teletubbies, you child. Couple more things here. How would it feel to be this? As long as we're on the subject of nonsense, Marty. Um... 
Did you have like what what was plan B? If if you weren't going to be in radio, then what was your job going to be? Did you have something in mind or did you hoping not- something would just fall in my lap? That was plan B. Honestly, did you have anything you were thinking of? No. No. Cuz I didn't either. I mean, I was just like I kind of want to do this and I'm going to see what happens and then I just find a job if it didn't work. Um but a lot of people they go into education, right? Teaching. There's a high school science teacher in Seattle. Have you heard this story? Who um, yesterday just walked into $53 billion. How's that sound? Know how he did, how he did it? He married Bezos' ex-wife. What a gig that would be. Can you imagine being a high school science teacher and just like, yeah, I quit. Why? I married this chick who has 53 billion bucks, and I think I'm going to be set here. So you can keep whatever pension or retirement I got come, coming, like, coming my way. I, I'm done with that. Just some dude. Says his name does not, no longer appears in the faculty directory of that school. <laughs> of course it doesn't. After you poop on your principal's desk, I think they, they yank your name out. <laughs> Would you do that? Like, even, let's, let's just go through the steps, Marty. So you give double middle fingers to everybody. You call the kids little punks. You say, I hate all of you people. I only did this for the paycheck. I don't care about the youth. You guys are the worst generation ever. And then you walk out and somebody says, you're never going to find a job here again. You're never going to teach again. Oh, I'm sorry. The worst case scenario in my life is that I divorce this woman and I take half of her $53 billion. Which, I don't know anything about this lady. I'm sure she's very nice, but Marty, she kind of deserves it. I'm just going to say it out loud. I'm sorry. I, I hate to do this to people, but she took half of Bezos' money. She deserves half of her money being taken by somebody else. And then that guy eventually deserves to get married and have that taken by half of somebody else. And just let that, I believe that's called trickle-down economics. So we make... America whole again, right? Isn't that how, like, I don't know anything about politics, but I've heard that before, and I think that's how it works. Marty, what needs to happen in trickle-down economics is you have a very rich person in this world, you divorce him, that divorcee gets married to somebody else who then gets divorced, that way the money keeps going down the food chain. I think I've solved America's class problem. And you did it with divorce. I did. That's just so classic. Well done. Brief moments of happiness along with breathtaking heartbreak. Congratulations to me. Sometimes I just stumble across good ideas. The human torch was denied a bank loan. That's how this conversation started. Way to go, Brett. 303-504-0925. I mean, it sounds like a good idea, right? You just force divorce upon somebody. There should be somebody whose job is to be an adulterer who cheats with the richest person in the world. And then you just force this chain to happen. Do you have to stay together for a while or is it like, a, hey, look, I'm out. Give me the money. I'm, I'm running. No, you have to make it seem legit or else rich people are never going to get married. So it has to be like true love. And then you sleep, you sneak into the relationship like a ghost. Who's like a, just ready to spread money around. Like the Robin Hood of adulteration. It's like the dentist system from It's Always Sunny. Correct. Just Demonstrate value. Uh-huh. Engage physically. You go through all the steps until you hit the S, which Marty is 
separate, separate entirely. entirely. 303-504-0925. Look at, look at the texters just loving the Anchorman quotes. I love lamp. You're a smelly pirate hooker. See? Everybody loves Anchorman. The human torch was denied a bank loan. Way to go, everybody. Back in three minutes. I was talking to Leggy on the afternoon show yesterday, and he said something that I thought was really interesting as it pertains to the Broncos. And look, their search for a quarterback, whether it's going to be some guy who's your starter or some guy who's just a backup. But he brought the idea of this, that the Broncos should be looking for Marty somebody that will legitimately challenge Drew Locke for the starting position. And I brought up the name like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. If they brought him in, is that a legitimate challenge or not? Because in my head, I don't think anybody outside of a first-round pick or one of these big names that is, that's on the market right now. And you know what? Maybe the smallest name I can think of that can really push him. If they got a Mariota here, I could see that. Like pushing him for the starting gig. But I brought up Fitzpatrick, and he says that he does think Fitzpatrick could push Drew Locke to be the week one starter. And he goes, if not, you can't fake this. Players know within that locker room whether it's a real competition or not. But my thought on it is this. Even if you think that Ryan Fitzpatrick would push Drew Locke for the starting job, what does it solve? What's the point? Ryan Fitzpatrick is nothing more than another Flacco or Case Keenum, correct? That's a Band-Aid for a single year that, let's say he plays well. Let's say Fitzpatrick Marty goes 27 TDs and 13 picks, and you go 10-6 and six or 10-7, and seven, I guess, this year if it's 17 games. And you're right there, maybe you're a wild card team or you just miss out. Then what? You going to sign Fitzpatrick again? You going to run this back when he's 40? That doesn't solve anything. Yeah, and then you're not in a position to draft a quarterback next year. It does nothing for you. And look, if number nine overall is too late in the draft to find a quarterback, you think number 18, 19, 20 is going to be good enough? I just don't see the purpose in it. Unless you find somebody that you can say almost immediately off the top, yep, this guy is going to be our starting quarterback, then just roll with Locke. And I know this is like it's tough to stomach for some people because you don't want another situation where it doesn't really matter how bad Locke plays. He's never going to be pushed for playing time. But what really is your alternative? Could it be more of just a mentor thing? Like, hey... Ryan, teach this dude. Well, that's what I want. I want Fitzpatrick here as the mentor role as he's played in basically every single team that he's played for over the, I think he's played for what, eight teams in his career? Like he's done it everywhere. I would love to have that on the team. I do not love the idea of that dude starting. Because I don't think it does anything for you. Hell, if you want to do that, take a chance in some younger guy and just see if he's got something. You want somebody to push for playing time. Marty, go trade for Jameis Winston. He ain't going to cost that much. 
The Saints obviously don't want him to start. They want somebody else. So trade for Jameis Winston and put him in camp next to Drew Locke and have it be a, a true battle of somebody that can be your starter beyond this year. Now, I want to make something clear. I'm not a huge Jameis Winston guy, but I'm just saying that's better than the alternative of Ryan Fitzpatrick starts week one because he's better than Locke. It doesn't solve any of your issues that you're facing. And I think the the line of, or I guess, how do you want to put this? The situation facing the Broncos right now is a battle of, are we playing for 2021 or are we playing for long term? You start Ryan Fitzpatrick or Alex Smith or somebody like that, that's a 2021 move. That ain't a 2022 move. But you roll with Drew Locke and he plays well, that's a long-term play. If you roll with Drew Locke and he plays badly, that's still a long-term play because you know you're moving on the following season. So just a lot of this doesn't make sense to me. You know, we go back to, you know, for all the quarterbacks being drafted in the top 10, what we're projecting this to be, you know, we got the bet with Vic that is four quarterbacks going to be off the board by the time uh, the Broncos pick at number nine. You know, we go back to that article from yesterday as Mel Kuyper listed all the highest graded quarterbacks coming out of college, and Trevor Lawrence is number four on that list now. He's behind John Elway at one, Andrew Luck at two, Peyton Manning at three, and then Trevor Lawrence. But then you keep going down this list, Jim Kelly's five, Andre Ware's six, Drew Bledsoe seven, Ryan Leaf eight, Troy Aikman nine, and Josh Allen is ten. So these highest-graded quarterbacks, you want to know how much of a crapshoot this is? Kuyper's been doing this for 8 billion years. It's his only job is to do the evaluations of college players to pro players. And his batting average right now on his highest-graded guys ever is around 50%, isn't it? Like, you put people in the best ever I've seen coming out of college category. Okay, Elway's a hit. Luck was a hit. Manning's a hit. Lawrence, we don't know. Jim Kelly was a hit. Ware wasn't. Bledsoe, for how high he had him graded, was not. Ryan Leaf was not. Aikman was. And Josh Allen, I guess the the jury's still out. He's very good right now. Now, can he continue this for a career? We don't really know. But that's how much of a crapshoot this is. Even when you have somebody that you feel like is a guaranteed superstar, there's really not a guarantee in it. And that's where I look at it and I say, look, guys, for where the Broncos are at right now, best case scenario outside of trading for a Deshaun Watson, which isn't going to happen, is Drew Locke finds this massive improvement year over year. What do you think they're going to do for the backup? Get a guy of the ilk of like a Jeff Driscoll, or you think they're going to find somebody to compete? I, I would, well, I think they're going to say they're finding somebody to compete, but I think it's going to be along those Fitzpatrick type of guys. You don't Them. think it's going to be like a Brett Rippon as your QB two? No. No, I, I think that they have to kind of make a move, and they have to put actual pressure on Locke, because here's, what are you going to do, Marty? They want to... They want to turn the uh, Bunsen burner up a little bit. They want to turn up the heat. If you go to Drew Locke and say, we're turning up the heat, Brett Rippon is now the backup quarterback. You think he's scared? 
You know, and Tim Patrick said this, we can get into this in more detail in the seven o'clock hour. I love Drew going forward. I think he understands what he needs to do and he understands it doesn't have to do anything with his football skills. I've been in Denver for a couple of weeks. His approach to the game is 100% different than it was during the season. He's one of the first guys in the building, one of the last guys to leave. He's doing the small things to be a great player in this league and understanding what you're not good at and getting up to where your talent is. So to Tim Patrick, this had nothing to do with Drew Locke on the football field. It had to do with his approach off the field, which might be even more concerning. But either way, 303-504-0925 can watch the show live on Twitch, can watch an altitude television. Moshe Lombardi and Kane next. KKSEFM HD1, Broomfield, Denver, K269 AE, Boulder, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rapids, Denver Sports Talk, starting at 6 a.m. Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5. Thinking about selling your house can be stressful. Picking the right agent means more money in your